Hey, Maggie, when you think about the 4th of July, what do you think about? Um, definitely going out to the workhouse and sitting down on the yard um, in the grass. It's pretty fun. And then watching the fireworks, even though it's pretty loud sometimes. What does it feel like when you see a huge fireworks display? Well, it feels like, how is it that sparkly or how is it that bright? But also, how is it not killing us all? And it's really loud. How loud? Uh, like your eardrums are being split apart loud. <laughs> also, I feel like you can almost feel the concussion from the explosion in your whole body if you're close enough, don't you think? Yes. I have a feeling that fireworks aren't just for the 4th of July, though. So I think that maybe you should take a closer look at fireworks on today's episode of Big, Big If, if True. True. Where I, Maggie, and I, Abby, explore the truth about big things. Today we're talking about giant, beautiful explosions in the sky, though not all fireworks are big. So here's our quiz question to test your knowledge. One of the most well-known references to fireworks in the United States is in our national anthem, where we sing about the rocket's red glare and the bombs bursting in air. During what war was the national anthem written? A. The Civil War B. The American Revolution C. The First Seminole War or D. The War of 1812 We'll tell you the answer near the end of the show. Our expert today has written a whole book about the history of fireworks. My name is Simon Werritt uh, and I am a professor in the Department of Science and Technology Studies at University College in London in the UK. Thank you for talking to us today, Simon. To start off, what is a firework? That's a great question. It changes over time, but and, and fireworks have a very long history, so there's been lots of different kinds. But I think the key thing is that they use gunpowder to create some kind of effect. Um, so gunpowder is charcoal, saltpeter, sulfur. Uh, you mix them up and it creates, it doesn't actually, it doesn't, detonate it doesn't explode but it burns very very quickly and uh, depending on how you control that burning you can produce power and that can be used to to drive uh, a firework so um, you have different kinds you've got rockets for example everyone knows rockets fly up in the air and explode and you've got fountains so you have uh, big plumes of sparks that come out the top of the firework which you stick in the ground you've got wheels so they don't you don't see those so much these days but we used to have catherine wheels which are a firework that spins around you nail it to a post and then it spins around and shoots out sparks and uh they might have different effects different colors different sounds uh they make cracks and bangs i think everyone's familiar with them so there's lots of different kinds but the core thing is that is that use of gunpowder to make some kind of uh, special effect. When were fireworks invented? Unfortunately, it's really hard to say because, roughly speaking, uh, you're looking at between about the 9th and the 12th century as when gunpowder is invented, discovered, if you like. And then by about the, the 13th century, so the 1200s, you have records that are probably fireworks. And... As probably everyone knows, the place where that happens is in China. So 
you start to see um, people talking about fireworks as being used in celebrations in China. And then over time, they spread across the world. Uh, they end up in Europe in the 14th century, in the US in the 17th century. The problem is that the Chinese words for fireworks are the same as the Chinese words for coloured smoke uh, or, or, and coloured powder. So they were making effects for festivals with coloured smoke and powder, and then gradually um, gunpowder replaced those. But because the language didn't change, you can't tell when it moved to gunpowder. It's not very clear. So, so we know it's it's they're really ancient, they're really old, um, but it's really hard to actually kind of put your finger on and say that date is when they started using fireworks. How did fireworks become something that we associate with celebration? Well, they were always used to um, celebrate. So I think you can go all the way back to the really earliest records of, of kind of medieval Chinese fireworks and they were used for things like celebrating the new year. And, and for a very long time, they had two big uses. So they were used for celebrations in festivals and rituals and performances. They used them in the theater as well. And then they also used them in war. So you have military fireworks. So things like grenades and bombs were considered to be fireworks and, and rockets as well, actually. So they've always had that. They've always been used for both. But but that celebratory way of using them goes back, you know, to the very, very beginning. There's something kind of just spectacular about seeing fireworks. So I think uh, probably straight away people thought they could they could be used in that way. Is celebration the only thing they've been used for? As I say, uh, they they got used in war. So so uh, there's a nice old print of a of a pyrotechnician that was made in the uh, Renaissance, and it says on the top of it, "Arte et Marte," and that's Latin for art and war. And on, on the one side of the picture, you see all the implements of warfare that includes bombs and grenades and rockets that you'd fire at your enemy in a battle. And on the other side, you've got um, sort of peaceful versions of all those fireworks, which you would then use for celebrating the victory when you triumphed over your over your enemies. Um, sometimes fireworks were recreations of battles. Pity the poor soldiers. They had to fight the real battle and then they went home and then they had to do it all over again in a kind of mock display for the for their king or leader. And then they did it with pretend fireworks, with you know, ones that wouldn't cause any, any harm. But fireworks have also been used for lots of other things. So in the 19th century, for example, there was a big, there, there was lots of, efforts to invent new ways of using fireworks. So, for example, they, they came up with life-saving rockets. Um, and it's a pretty simple idea, but you wonder why no one had thought of it before. But, you know, if you stick a, a line, a rope, on the on a rocket, and then you see someone out at sea uh, who's struggling in a, in a boat, maybe in a storm, you can fire the rocket out and get the line to them and then tow them back into, uh, into the, onto the beach. And they use them for signals. So when you make a map, you use a process called triangulation to, to figure out where everything is on the map. And to do that, you have to have signals that you can see from a, a, a long way away. And uh, so they use rockets as the, as the signals. And you've probably seen people firing up flares 
to signal that they might, maybe they're in, in danger. And that's a, that's a firework, essentially. So, so there have been lots of different, um, different uses for them. And uh, I think people are always kind of inventing new ways to use fireworks over, over time. Is it dangerous to make fireworks? It's a very good question. And uh, the answer is definitely yes. <laughs> so really, really incredibly dangerous stuff. Gunpowder, um, you've got to be super careful with it. And the thing that you have to really, really watch out for is that you don't produce any sparks when you work with it because you might accidentally set the gunpowder off and then it can explode. So if you look at how gunpowder was made and how fireworks were made, you can see that the places where they make them is very, very special. A few years ago, I went to a wonderful place um, in uh, Wilmington in Delaware called Brandywine Creek. And uh, there is an old gunpowder factory there that was set up in 1801 by uh, a French gentleman called Monsieur Dupont. And the Dupont Chemical Corporation has its origins in that family. And uh, you can still see the gunpowder factory as it was in about 1800. And so they made gunpowder in buildings that were all set up along a river. And what they did is the side of the building that's facing onto the river is made with wood or it doesn't have a, it doesn't have a side and then everything else is stone so if somebody accidentally blew up the gunpowder all the debris would shoot out over the river and not into the rest of the factory which it, where it might set off even more gunpowder and then you have a, a real disaster and all the buildings are very separated and spread out and they had to make them so they didn't have any nails in the floor because the, if you had hobnail boots with, with metal in them and you stood on a nail, you might produce a spark that could set fire to the, the gunpowder. So it's all really, really carefully thought out. And the other thing that they did is they had to make fireworks and gunpowder a long way away from any towns because if your gunpowder factory blew up, then you you know lots of people could get could get hurt and unfortunately before the 19th century lots of people did make fireworks and gunpowder in towns <laughs> and they there were awful accidents um and sometimes because i'm a historian of fireworks one of the ways i know about people in the past who who made fireworks is because their their house blew up they made a mistake and the house blew up and then they put a notice in the newspaper the next day and then that's how you know that they were there and there's no other records of them so so it's not very good for them it was good for historians but it's not so good for the for the people who made them what makes fireworks colorful well the chemical answer is that you have two ingredients that you need for that to happen to have colored fireworks one of them is a, is a substance called potassium chlorate, which is a chemical that has lots of oxygen in it. And so it lets your firework burn at a higher temperature than other kinds of fireworks. And if you add metal salts to the gunpowder mixture made with potassium chlorate, then the metal salts burn with that extra oxygen and then they produce colours. So potassium chlorate is a horrible substance, talking of accidents. So it's very, very volatile. 
which means that it's really hard to, to handle without it exploding. So the person that discovered it, a guy called Beltelet in the in the 1780s, he did some experiments with it and it blew up and it um, caused cat- catastrophe. So he said, okay, don't do that anymore. <laughs> but after about 30 years, people figured out how to make it a bit more stable. And then they started adding it to fireworks. So this is in the 1820s. And the first person who actually recorded fireworks made with this substance was in Philadelphia in... Uh, Uh, I think in 1822, a guy called James Cutbush. And what he did is he put this potassium chlorate in his fireworks mixture, and then he added what he called nitrate of strontium. So so basically a metal, uh, a salt of a metal. And when you burned the firework, when you set it off, it produced a really nice glowing red flame. And after that, people used different kinds of salts to produce the colours. So if you use barium chloride, you get green. If you use sodium nitrate, you get yellow. Uh, If you use um, copper chloride, you get blue. So you add those salts and that's what gives you that intense colour. So that's the chemical answer to your question. But there's also a, a kind of historical answer. Because first of all, people have always thought that fireworks were coloured. So if you look much earlier in the 16th, 17th century, people say, oh, yeah, our fireworks are coloured. And chemists say, well, they can't have been coloured because they didn't know about potassium chlorate. They didn't know about metal salts. But of course, you know, fire is colourful. So people saw in even in just the kind of natural colour of fire, there's reds and yellows and blues and white. So so people thought they were colourful all the way through. But there was this moment in the early 19th century, when people used chemistry to add colour to the fireworks. And and ever since then, they've got more and more chemicals to use and brighter and different kinds of of colour. So so what we see today is is very, very kind of technicoloured fireworks compared to what people saw in the past. What makes fireworks into all those cool shapes? That is uh, another bit of clever engineering And this goes back all the way back to that idea that fireworks were originally used for war and peace. So one of the things that people used to do was they used to fire something that looked like a cannonball from a a mortar. So it's a bit like a cannon that's facing upwards. And you put your cannonball in it and then you shoot it at the enemy. And the cannonball is, is called a shell. And the fireworks, the kind of nice, peaceful, playful version of that, is that you 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 make a tube and you put a big globe of wooden paper filled with gunpowder inside it and you put it in the tube and then you shoot it out the tube and it goes up in the air very very high and then it explodes and all of uh, the contents fan out into the sky so what they do is they make a shell and they put little pellets of gunpowder into the shell and they're called stars and when the when the shell gets as high as it's going to go there's a little fuse that sets it off it explodes and all the shells fly out so when you see the big spray of fire coming out in the sky what you're seeing is all those little pellets shooting out from inside the shell and then depending on how you organize your pellets in the shell 
you get different shapes. So if you arrange them as a little smiley face um, or a heart shape, then when it explodes, it will shoot them out. And as they light up, they'll produce a, a heart shape or a smiley face. It's pretty hard to do. I think people have only been been putting those kinds of um, shapes in in the last 20, 30 years. What's the coolest fireworks display you've ever seen? Well, there's so many different kinds of fireworks, and I've I've studied their history for a long time, so I've I've seen stories about fireworks displays, hundreds and hundreds of fireworks displays. So so it's quite hard to pick a favourite, but there is one that I thought is really impressive, and I'd love to know how they did it. So if you go on the internet, there is a um, a website, and it shows old news clips from going all the way back to the beginning of the last century. And there's a little there's a little video, little film that was made in the 1920s of a fireworks display which they did at Crystal Palace, which was a big kind of garden in South London, uh, actually quite near where I where I grew up. And one of the fireworks that they do there is basically an animation of elephants made with fireworks. So if you are standing on the ground watching what you see, and it's nighttime, it's all completely dark. And then suddenly you see the outline of an elephant made with fireworks with like little lights of little kind of pyrotechnic lights. And then it walks across a field. <laughs> and um, it's really impressive. It's really amazing. And you think, how did they do that in 1920, 1922? And what they had, presumably, was a big framework with hundreds and hundreds of little firework, fire lights on it. And they lit them in or in an order that would make it seem like an elephant was walking across a field. And the elephant kind of raises its trunk, and uh, and it's really impressive. It's really good. I'd love to see that today. So that's one that always sticks in my mind. Fireworks also show up in many important events in the history of the United States. In fact, they're in our national anthem that's the rocket's red glare so that comes from the uh a war of 1812 between the british and the americans shortly after independence and the rockets that that's referring to were congreve rockets there's a guy in london whose um, father was the head of woolwich arsenal which is where the british built basically where they made fireworks in the 18th 19th century and he'd seen British troops in India had seen that the Indian troops used war rockets that were really big and very, very powerful. And they, they kind of, um, uh, yeah, they were real, really tough to fight against. So what Congreve did is he said, well, maybe I can make a version of those rockets and then the British can use those initially to fight the French. And so he made these gigantic rockets, um, like th including the stick, they're 30 feet long. So they're really big. And they're made with an iron body. And you fill it up with gunpowder. You put an explosive in the cap, in the head. And then you, what they originally did is they used them to, to blow up French ships in the English Channel. And then they took them to America, to North America. 
and they used them in that battle. So they were firing volleys of Congreve rockets, and that's the ro rocket that has the red glare in the, in the national anthem. Hey, there's the answer to our quiz question. The national anthem, otherwise known as the Star-Spangled Banner, was written by Francis Scott Key during the Battle of Fort McHenry in the War of 1812. We've included in our show notes a few art pieces from the War of 1812 that show the bombs bursting in air and the rocket's red glare. And we've also linked to a few more stories about the Congreve rockets. You can check those out at bigiftrue.abbymullen.org. And that's it for today's show. As you go watch fireworks for the 4th of July, or maybe you shoot off a few yourself, think about all the ways that fireworks are Big, Big If True. true. Big If True is produced by me, Abby, and Maggie. Special thanks to our expert guest, Simon Warrett. Our theme music is by Andrew Cody. Make sure you check out our show notes at bigiftrue.abbymullen.org for lots of fun extras, and happy 4th of July. <laughs>